For important disclosure information, please visit acgwealthmanagement.com forward slash podcast disclosure. Hello, and welcome to ACG Wealth Management's monthly Investor Insight video for March. I'm Bobby Moyer, and I'm joined with my colleague, Jimmy Pickert. After a good start to the year, markets retreated a little in February. The S&P 500 total return lost 2.4% during the month of February. The S&P mid-cap 400 did slightly better, losing 1.8%, and the S&P small-cap 600 lost 1.6%. Across the market capitalization spectrum, growth outperformed value. The NASDAQ, generally thought of as a growthier index, performed well, only losing 1%. Looking overseas for a minute, the Developed Markets Index, the MSCI EFA, lost about 2.1%, while the MSCI Emerging Markets Index lost 6.5%, one of the worst broad market index performers of the month. Year-to-date performance still looks good two months into the year. The S&P 500 is up 3.7%, mid-cap is up 7.3%, and S&P small-cap is up 8.2%. The EFA is up 5.9%, while emerging markets is only up 0.9%. Looking at the S&P 500 sectors, the technology sector was the only sector with a positive return in February, returning 0.5%. The industrial sector was the next best performing sector, losing 0.9%, followed by consumer discretionary, which fell 2.1%. The worst performing sectors were energy, which lost 7.1%, followed by real estate and utilities, both down 5.9%. Jimmy, why don't you get into the returns in the fixed income markets? Yeah, things were really not that much better in fixed income. Interest rates saw a swift increase in February, resulting in losses for bonds. The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Index lost 2.6% for the month and is now only positive by 0.4% year-to-date. High yield, represented by the Bloomberg U.S. Corporate High Yield Index, lost 1.3%, but is still positive by 2.5% year-to-date. Interest rates across the board rose in February. Three-month Treasury yields rose by 18 basis points. Ten-year Treasury yields rose by 40 basis points and 30-year Treasury yields rose by 28 basis points. The 10-year and 30-year yields are virtually identical at the end of the month, 3.92% and 3.93% respectively. The U.S. dollar also saw a strong month of February. The Invesco U.S. dollar ETF, UUP, gained 3.3% during the month. So, Bobby, maybe you can talk a little bit about what drove the reversal in February after we saw interest rates coming down and a little bit of a rally for the three months that preceded. Yeah, well, thanks, Jimmy. And I think, you know, some of the the same indicators, the same um, identifiers we continue to watch, the Fed, interest rates, what's going on with higher interest rates, and then some of the economic readings, mainly the labor market and inflation data. And, you know, we said a couple of forecasts ago that the market is predicting that the Fed is not telling the truth out there or has a different story that rates are going to start going lower later on this year, while the Fed has been very disciplined in their approach of saying, hey, we're going to keep rates higher for longer, and you better see this coming. And then early February, we get a a labor report that showed 517,000 jobs created in the month of January, which was a blowout number relative to the 185,000, I believe, was the consensus. Uh, So that's almost three times the number of jobs created, which is great for the economy and where we sit, maybe not for what the Fed's trying to do. And then a few weeks later, we get CPI inflation data, and that came in hotter than expected, a couple points hotter. And really the January number was about 0.5% month over month higher. So you saw 
two big increases there. PCE, another indicator to the Fed likes to watch, and that was also hotter. I think came in at 4.7 versus 4.3. So the economy just keeps rolling along, and now Fed expectations or interest rate expectations begin to increase, and interest rates go higher. That puts bond prices lower, which is, is resulting in maybe a little bit of a reprice and a negative returns for the fixed income markets. Yeah, Bobby, that's that's all great info. And I think that if you were an investor that was banking on the Fed cutting rates anytime soon, this is not the data that you're looking for, is it? Obviously, a, a tight labor market, inflation not coming down as much as they have been over the past few months. All of that gives the Fed more room to continue hiking and to keep rates higher for longer. We're seeing other economic indicators that are also supporting Chair Powell's narrative rather than the, the, the prospect of cutting anytime soon. For example, retail sales, personal spending, consumer sentiment, all those numbers in February outperformed the, the consensus expectation for where they would land. <coughs> Excuse me, and I think all of that supports the notion that the strong consumer is really continuing to drive prices. And I think part of you know, we talked about this on our podcast, the thing that's driving CPI the most right now is the services part of inflation. And as long as the labor market is this tight, there will be continued wage growth and that will continue to drive inflation from a services standpoint. But clearly things are really good right now from an economic standpoint, I think we should be happy about. The consumer uh, confidence survey that came out recently it, it was strong. And I think if you dive under the hood of that a little bit and you look at how people feel today versus how they expect things to be going forward, everyone feels really good today, but it's the expectations part of that index where we're really seeing a little bit of a, a deterioration. People expect at this point that the economy will begin to sour a little bit. And so I, I do think that we're at this important crossroads and we'll just have to see how resilient the labor market is, how strong the consumer remains, and all of that will heavily influence what the Fed feels like they need to do, what they feel like they have the ability to do, and ultimately will drive interest rates and thus the market. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. The Fed, um, Powell, Chair Powell has you know, been talking about services ex shelter, and we started to get some data now where some rents are coming down actually in certain places nationally which you would say, oh, that's a good thing for inflation. Inflation should come down. But now the Fed, you know, is looking at services ex-shelter, which we know services is causing the most problems in inflation. Um, sometimes it almost feels like they're data mining so they could keep rates higher or keep raising rates into this market until they break it, right? And if the Fed is going to continue to raise rates until it breaks, well, that, that can't be a good thing. And then lastly, if they do have to start cutting rates, it's probably because something's not going on um, great in the economy right. that that's forcing them to have to cut rates, which could be concerning. So I'm not, I'm personally not hoping for the Fed to have to cut. I hope the economy st stays strong and we could keep rates and kind of get back to a little bit of a normalization in interest rates later this year. You know, the Fed just seems poised to raise rates at a, a pretty fast pace. And, you know, we saw the March 22nd meeting coming up that a month ago, there was a 0% chance of 50 basis point rate increase. And through February, that moved up to a 25%. The base case is still 25, but the fact that it went from zero to 25 for 50 in March says that the Fed is, is looking at 50 maybe, and it's on the table. Bobby, I think it's always dangerous to call any point in the markets an inflection point, and that's especially true when you're in the moment. It's easier to do so looking back historically. 
But I really do get the sense that where we are now, after a really bullish January and a more bearish February, that we're gonna move one way or the other pretty soon. And I know that doesn't sound like I'm really sticking my neck out to say, oh, well, markets will be either up or down, of course. But I, I guess what I'm saying is that I would be most surprised to see a sideways trading market in the month of March, just because I think as data continues to come in, we're gonna get additional clarity about all the things that we've talked about. Yeah, we saw a little bit of that consolidation through February, maybe bouncing up on some technicals 200 day and, you know, either, you know, test December lows or maybe we have a strong March and finish off the first quarter and that, what is that, the first quarter pre-election year is, is tends to be a strong year seasonality. But data is the name of the game and March is big with data. We got the jobs number coming up March 10th, CPI, I think March 14th. We got the Fed meeting 21st, 22nd with their announcement on the 22nd. And that 50 basis points I mentioned earlier could be more concrete if we get, you know, a strong, another strong employment picture and another hot um, inflation, or maybe we go the other way and we stick at 25. So continue to keep an eye on the data. There's a lot of data coming out in March. It'll be a big month. And to your point, we, we could see a big move, um, you know, one way or the other in the month of March. So I think right there, we, we'll close it out for this month and we'll see you back in April. Thank you. For important disclosure information, please visit acgwealthmanagement.com forward slash podcast disclosure.